Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Dear truth seekers, I am very excited about today's episode. Today is a very important moment in Israel's history. In our episode today, we are going to be learning about Israel's very first king. That's right. Israel is about to get their very own king. Instead of being ruled by judges, Israel would now be ruled by a king. What about Samuel, you ask? Well, Samuel continued to lead the people and judge over them. As he grew older, he appointed his sons as judges for Israel. The name of his firstborn son was Joel, and the name of his second son was Abijah. Sadly, Samuel's sons did not walk in the ways of their father. They turned aside from God after dishonest gain and accepted bribes and did not uphold justice among the people of Israel. They were much like Eli's sons in that they did not serve and honor the Lord with their whole hearts. The people of Israel had looked to Samuel to lead them in the ways of the Lord, but now that Samuel was getting older, they could not look to his sons to lead them since they were not following God. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, You are old, and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us, such as all the other nations have. Did you hear that? The Israelites looked around them and saw that everyone else, every other nation, had a king to rule and reign over them. So they wanted a king too. Can you think of some things that a king might do? What is the job of a king? A king is to rule over his kingdom, right? A king is a leader. A good king makes sure the people living in his kingdom are safe and protected from enemies. A good king makes sure his people have good food to eat and homes to live in. A good king makes good laws for the people to follow and live by. A good king upholds the law and makes sure his kingdom is in order. A good king sends his army to fight against those who might come and attack his kingdom. Do you know who reminds me of a good king? God. When the people said, Give us a king to lead us, this displeased Samuel. His heart broke. He was upset that the people would want a man as their king rather than look to God to be their king and leader as he had been from the beginning. Samuel prayed to the Lord and told him this. And the Lord said to Samuel, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they are doing to you. Now listen to them. But warn them solemnly and let them know what the king will do who reigns over them. And so Samuel tried to warn the people what would happen if they persisted in demanding for a king. He said, This is what the king who will reign over you will do. 
He will take your sons and make them servants with his chariots and horses, and they will run in front of his chariots. Some he will assign to be commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and others to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and still others to make weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive groves and give them to his own attendants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vintage and give it to his officials and attendants. Your men servants and maid servants and the best of your cattle and donkeys he will take for his own use. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his slaves. When that day comes, you will cry out for relief from the king you have chosen, and the Lord will not answer you in that day. But sadly, the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Oh, true seekers, have you ever felt like the Israelites? Have you ever looked around and saw that everyone else was doing something or had something you didn't and suddenly you wanted to be like everyone else? Sometimes just because everyone else has something we don't or is doing something that we aren't doesn't mean we should be like everyone else. If it's harmful or not glorifying to God, then we should have no part of it. God had called the Israelites to be his chosen and special people. They were to be different from the other nations. Why, you ask? Why were they to be different? Because they were to show the rest of the nations what it looked like to follow God, to serve him, to worship him, to love him and be loved by him. How could they show the other nations what it looked like to be holy and set apart if they were no different from them? How would the other nations know and learn about the one true and living God if the Israelites didn't show them? When Samuel heard all the people said, his heart was broken. He repeated it before the Lord, and the Lord answered Samuel, Listen to them and give them a king. Even though it was not the time God had chosen for them to have a king, and although their motivation was wrong, God gave them what they asked for. God would still guide and lead his people in spite of what would come through their kings. God is always kind and loving and patient in our weaknesses. Then Samuel told the people what the Lord had said and told the Israelites to go back to their towns while he searched for the first king who would rule over Israel. Who would be the first king? Can you guess who the first king of Israel was? Well. There was a Benjamite, which means he came from the tribe of Benjamin, and he was a man of great standing, and his name was Kish, and Kish had a son named Saul. Saul was an impressive young man, without equal among the Israelites. He was even a head taller than any of the other boys his age. Now Kish had many donkeys, and one day his donkeys got loose. Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. So Saul left and passed through the hill county of Ephraim, looking for his father's donkeys. But he could not find them. He walked and walked, 
but they were nowhere to be found. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they still could not find them. When they went as far as they could, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He is highly respected, and everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Saul said to the servant, If we go now, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant said, Look, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God so that he will tell us what way to take. Good, Saul said to his servant, Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. Do you know who the man of God is that they are talking about? If you said Samuel, then you are correct. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place to offer sacrifices on behalf of the people. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. God had already said to Samuel, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him leader over my people Israel. He will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked upon my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the prophet's house is? I am the prophet, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and all your father's family? Well, Saul did not know what this meant. What did this mean that this prophet Samuel spoke to him about? Saul answered, Am I not just a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my family the least of all the families in the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me, that in whom all the desire of Israel is turned? But Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the banquet hall and seated them at the head of those who were invited. And Saul ate with Samuel that day. And then Samuel said to Saul, Get ready and I will send you on your way. When Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. As they were going down to the edge of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And the servant did so. But you stay here a while, so that I may give you a message from God. Then Samuel did a most incredible thing. Samuel took a flask of oil and he poured the oil all over Saul's head. Truth seekers, this was a most incredible moment for Saul. Do you remember when we talked about the priest who served at the tabernacle? What did Moses pour all over Aaron's head when he became the high priest of Israel? If you said oil, then you are correct. Oil was a symbol of anointing. 
Do you know what it means to be anointed? If you are anointed, it means you are set apart to be a leader and to represent God to others. Samuel was anointing Saul as the first king, as the king that God had chosen. Samuel said to Saul, hasn't the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance? When you leave me today, you will meet two men. They will say to you, the donkeys you set out to look for have been found. And now our father has stopped thinking about them and is worried about you. He is asking, what shall I do about my son? And Samuel said to Saul, go down ahead of me. I will surely come down to you to sacrifice burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, but you must wait seven days until I come to you and tell you what you are to do. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And Samuel then summoned the people of Israel to the Lord at Mitzpah and said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the power of the Egyptians and all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But you have now rejected your God, who saves you out of all your calamities and distresses. And you have said, No, set a king over us. So now present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and clans. When Samuel brought all the tribes of Israel near, the tribe of Benjamin was chosen. Out of the twelve tribes that stood before Samuel that day, the tribe of Benjamin came forward and stood before Samuel. And then out of the tribe of Benjamin, family by family came forward. And finally, the family of Saul, son of Kish, came forward, and Saul was chosen. But when they went to look for him, he was nowhere to be found. Here is one of the most important moments of Saul's life, and where was he? Where did he go? So they asked of the Lord, Where is Saul? Has he come here yet? And the Lord said, Yes, he is hiding over there by the baggage. Can you imagine that? Can you just imagine Saul, the man who was about to become king of Israel, hiding? Oh dear, this is not a good start for Saul. They ran and brought him out, and as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him among all the people. And then the people shouted, Long live the king! Long live the king of Israel! Samuel explained to the people the regulations of the kingship and what it would mean to have a king. He wrote the rules and laws of the kingship down on a scroll and deposited it before the Lord. You see, the king of Israel was still to follow and obey and walk in the ways of the Lord before the people. He was to be an example to the people of what it looked like to follow God and worship God and obey God. And after the ceremony was over, Samuel dismissed the people each to his own home. Saul also went to his home in Gibeah, accompanied by valiant and strong men whose hearts God had touched. But some people silently wondered, how can this fellow save us, this fellow who was hiding among the baggage? Some did not like him and did not bring him gifts, but Saul kept silent. Dear True Seekers, 
This day in Israel was a day to be remembered. It was the day the Israelites rejected God as their true king. They wanted a man to rule over them. Even though they now had a king to rule over them, the king of Israel was still to obey God and follow God as he led the people. Israel's king was still to be different from the other kings of other nations. Rather than being a king unto himself, he was to follow the laws of God and follow the Ten Commandments and worship the Lord at the tabernacle. The king was to listen to God and obey him as an example to the people. God allowed the people to have a king, but in years to come we will see that the kings of Israel did not always follow God or obey him. The people would come to see that they needed a perfect king. But what man could be perfect? No one is perfect. No one except for God, that is. Israel's kings would point to a day in the future when a true and perfect king would come. One day, Jesus came as the king of all kings. The perfect ruler and leader, Jesus, came to die on the cross for our sins so that we might become children of God and become a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus left his throne in heaven, in his heavenly kingdom, to come down to earth and die as a man on a cross for our sins so that he could bring us back into the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, but I want to serve Jesus as my king. He is the king of my heart. Is he the king of your heart? Jesus is a good and kind king. He protects us and fights our enemies for us. He has made us holy and declared us guilt-free from sin. He is the only king who would die for his people so that they might live with him forever. He loves us that much. Rejoice, true seekers, because if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are part of a beautiful kingdom where one day the King of Kings will return and we will live with him in the best kingdom ever. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Samuel chapters 8 through 10. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode as we learn more about Saul and his time as the King of Israel. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a good king. You are the best king we will ever know. You rule and you reign over us with love and goodness and kindness. We thank you that while we were lost and sinners, you sent your only son, Jesus, to come and die for us so that we might be saved and be brought back into your kingdom, your heavenly kingdom. Now that we have Jesus living inside of our hearts, we are called children of God. We are children of the King. We are children of the King of Kings that makes us royalty. I pray that every day, Father, you would help us to live worthy of the calling as children of the King, that when other people see us, they would see you in us, that when other people hear us talk or, or see how we act, that they would know that we are different because we follow you and we serve you as our true king. Father, we just pray that you would give us opportunity to share this good news about your kingdom with others around us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. 
and I look forward to our time together next week.